uh, his lovely wife, the couple that we support who work there. Amen. Are you ready for some word? Turn with me to Philippians chapter 1, verse 29. This is my fifth time to speak from the book of Philippians, and the Lord willing, today we will finish chapter 1. Amen. Uh, The last two verses are so powerful, I I just couldn't go on into verse chapter 2. Philippians 1, verse 29. For to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake, having the same conflict which you saw and now here is in me. Having the same conflict. The Greek word Paul used there is a word agon, which is a word from which we get the word agony. It means a contest. It means an effort. It's an anxiety. It's a contention. It's a fight. The same conflict which you saw in me and now here is in me. While he's writing this letter, remember he is in prison. And so they've heard it. But they've seen him in prison as well. Remember when the church began in Acts 16. Uh, they saw him beaten. They saw the glorious deliverance, but he still, had, he still had wounds that needed to be washed and dressed. So they saw his suffering. They saw him ran out of town unjustly. So they had seen his suffering, and now he's suffering again, and they've heard of it. And he told them the same kind of thing is theirs to experience. Verse 29 again. For to you it has been granted. The word there is karizomai, from which we get the word karizomai. To you it has been graced or bestowed or given as a favor on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. We know believing in him is a gift. As I shared earlier in the service, he gives us the ability to believe that which is impossible to believe. That God would send his son born of a virgin who would live a perfect life, who would die an unjust death, who would arise from the dead, and who lives forevermore as our Savior, who ascended to heaven, who is coming back, who's promised us the same kind of resurrection. If you believe that with all your heart, that is impossible to believe. God has given you the ability to believe that. Saving faith. We, we cry out to him, we ask for him to save us, but who, who opens our eyes to see the need for him? God is at work. The Holy Spirit is at work convicting the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. So we would all agree it has been given to us to believe in him. But here Paul says it's been given to us to also suffer for him. Oh, thanks a lot, Jesus. Thanks a lot. The New Living Translation says, For to you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. I'd like to speak to you today on the bright side of suffering for Jesus. The Message Bible says there's far more to this life than trusting in Christ. There's also suffering for him. And the suffering is as much a gift as the trusting. The bright side of suffering for Jesus. Suffering was a reality for this European church, a definite reality. Paul told the Corinthian church, he was speaking of the churches in Macedonia, of which the church in Philippi was the first. Remember he had the vision 
of the man that said, come over to Macedonia and help us. The, the fruition of that word or the fulfillment of that word did not begin until the church in Philippi was born. And so he's referring to those churches and he said, fierce troubles came down on the people of those churches, pushing them to the very limit. The trial exposed their true colors. They were incredibly happy, though desperately poor. The pressure triggered something totally unexpected, an outpouring of pure and generous gifts. There's something about pressure that makes us better people. Something about it. Suffering was a reality for this European church, and suffering is a reality for the cause of the kingdom. Jesus said from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. The contemporary English version renders it like this. From the time of John the Baptist until now, violent people have been trying to take over the kingdom of heaven by force. The Good News Bible says from the time of John, from the time John preached his message until this very day, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violent attacks and violent men try to seize it. I love the New Living Translation. From the time John the Baptist began preaching until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and violent people are attacking it. Jesus is acknowledging the fact of the existence of evil in the world that is in opposition to the furtherance of the kingdom. Are you facing opposition in this life? Well, you're going against the tide. <laughs> going against the flow. Suffering for Christ is real today. He said, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have trouble or tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He literally said, be of good cheer, I conquer the world. So in him, in his name, a strong and mighty tower, we go through the opposition. Sometimes he moves the mountain, sometimes he moves us through the mountain. Amen? Paul told the church in his letter to Timothy, Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution, and evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. I'm an American, and I'm not used to persecution. And I saw just a smidgen of it in Germany, which I'll share a bit about that in a couple of weeks, about the trip there. But there we are worshiping God out on the open square. There's lots of freedom there musically for artists to do that. And uh, some persecution arose. We were spat at, obscene gestures made, threatened with harm, all this, that, and the other. But no one touched us until we packed up to go away. And what I'm decided to pick on the little guitar player who was a singer, a guy named Tilo. And uh, he had his gear in his hands, and he's walking, and this guy's just shoving him, just shoving him. And Tilo's just taking it, you know, glad to suffer for Jesus. I'm an American. I can't handle it. So I get between the two. I'm bigger than him. I said, how dare you? I think I told him, you're just trying to make a big show of things because you know he's leaving already to make yourself look big. Anyway, I got all up in the flesh. <laughs> Suffering for Christ is real today. According to the World Evangelical Alliance, over 200 million Christians and at least 30, 60 Okay, according to the World Evangelical Alliance. Can we all say the WEA? Over 200 million Christians in at least 60 countries are denied fundamental human rights because of their faith. 
Others have reported that in one year during the middle of this decade, around 160,000 believers were martyred for their faith in Jesus. Which, when you compare it to 100 years earlier, one of the years during the first decade of the 20th century, 34,600 plus people were martyred for their faith. We can see that the violence against the kingdom, persecution, is increasing. This is still a reality today. Is our nation a Christian nation? That could be an inflammatory question, could it not? While some of us would say no, others would say yes. Or it used to be. Well, it never was as Christian as it should have been. I am sure that most of us will agree that Christ's lordship and his commands are not being taken seriously by the majority of our citizens. Recently, I discovered the error in believing that any nation can be a Christian. When I met an Asian immigrant who believed he became Christian because he became an American. He heard that America was a Christian nation, and since he'd become an American, a conclusion was made that he was now a Christian. Saints, that's heresy. Your citizenship in this nation will take you straight to hell. We must be born again. You cannot see the kingdom of heaven. By looking at newspaper headlines and TV newscasts, as well as what many are being entertained by, we can easily see that America has some real anti-Christian issues. There's an institute for Jewish and community research that exists to keep track of the levels of anti-Semitism in our country. And uh, recently they surveyed 1,200 professors from a cross-section of America's colleges seeking their attitudes toward various religions, looking for anti-Semitism. But they discovered something else. 53% of the professors stated that they had unfavorable feelings toward Christians who were evangelical believers. In other words, 53% of America's professors are not going to give favor from their heart towards evangelical Christian students. didn't used to be that way. So the tide is turning. Persecution is heading our way. And I say that we uh, not sit back and wait on it, but that we do something to support the believers that are suffering in the world. Amen? Lest it be us one day. Do something to help forward the cause of Christ out of the edge where it's so radically opposed. All right, the sermon. The top ten bright sides to suffering for Jesus. Are you ready? When we suffer for Jesus, we receive an opportunity to deny self in order to follow him. Jesus said... If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. You know, if everything is going our way, um, self-denial is not really a problem. You know, It's easy to fast when you're already full. Number two, we can truly know we are going against the flow of the evil world when we're suffering. When you're facing opposition, take comfort. You're not going the same way. Jesus, uh, James, Jesus' brother James said, Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. 
We're not in a popularity contest. We're not. Going against the flow of evil. Um, I feel today's sermon's going to be encouragement for us, but even for those that are experiencing this kind of opposition in their own homes. You're of a different kingdom, and we're called to further the cause of Christ, even though there is opposition that could be, even be at home. Number three, we are following Jesus' example when we suffer for him. Peter wrote, For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow in his steps. Now I'd like to pause right here and just address a charismatic doctrinal extreme. And I call it hyper-substitution teaching. I believe in substitutionary teaching. I believe that Jesus was our substitute. I believe that he died in my place so that I could live in his place. I believe that he came down so that we could go up. I believe that he came out so that we could go in. I believe he became naked so that we could be clothed. I believe he became poor that we might be made rich. I believe that he died so that we could live. But you push that belief too far, there's a teaching that says he suffered so I don't have to suffer. Be careful for that. Because we are called, according to 1 Peter 2.21, Christ suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow in his steps. He suffered so that he could be our leader and we could follow his example. George MacDonald said the Son of God suffered unto death, not that men might not suffer, but that their sufferings might be like his. Number four, we are made stronger when we go through tribulation. It's just a fact, even in the athletic world, no pain, no gain. Paul wrote to the Romans, we glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope makes you stronger it recalibrates you number five we have evidence that we are truly involved in his cause Paul wrote to the church in Colossae I am glad when I suffer for you in my body for I am participating in the sufferings of Christ that continue for his body the church he was hurting he was going through some stuff to help these churches move along Move forward. And he was glad to because he was participating in the cause of Christ. We can glorify Jesus when we suffer for him. If anyone suffers as a Christian, Peter wrote, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. If you look at the context of that verse, it is very strong on how we're glorifying Jesus. It's an act of worship just as much as the most beautiful song or the most sacrificial offering, when we suffer without complaining, with a resolute heart set on pleasing Him in spite of what it costs us, that is worship. Number seven, we are honored to suffer for the one we love. We are honored. It is an honor. Those who are called to serve in military service will tell you, they... It is their honor to put their life on the line for their country so that you and I could enjoy political freedom. 
the early disciples, when they began to be persecuted after the church was born, they would rejoice. Thank God we're able to do. What is this? This is a supernatural grace that enables us to do this. But this is a view the church had that maybe the American church has lost sight of. The honor of suffering for his name. We share in his sufferings personally and his glory eternally. 1 Peter 4 goes on to say, Rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. There's a deeper understanding of what Christ went through for us that he opens up to our understanding when we go through something for him. Maybe you were fired from your job for your faith. And that unrest you feel until income begins to flow again is something that you can take to the Lord. He knows what it's like to hurt. Receive grace to help you until the breakthrough comes. Number nine, another bright side to suffering for Jesus is we will be rewarded in this life. Number ten, we will be rewarded in the life to come. Mark chapter 10 says, Assuredly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels who should not receive a hundredfold now in this time houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. Beware of those who would attempt to get money out of you by quoting this verse and telling you to sow your seed for a hundredfold return. This promise is for those who've lost everything for the sake of the kingdom. This isn't a call to divorce, (laughs) to leave your spouse. That would violate other scriptures. But if your spouse should leave you because of your faith, you will be rewarded. This is a promise. In this life and in the age to come. Some of you maybe lost your closest friends. Maybe your family won't have anything to do with you because you're now a believer. Look around. All through this building, there's a couple hundred people here today that are your brothers and sisters. We want to get to know you. So I encourage you to plug in to more than just Sunday morning. Come to some of the other things we have going on. Uh, Leading up to some announcements here. (laughs) Have a bonus. We We get to know him more. Sorry for the typo there. A bright side of suffering for Jesus is you get to know him more. Paul knew this. He told the church of Philippi that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. One thing I understand about the sufferings of Jesus is he took it when he didn't have to. He surrendered his will willingly. Not my will, but thine be done. I believe he could have called legions of angels to come 
and set him free from the greatest injustice the world has ever seen. But he resisted that and accepted the suffering that was his to receive for our sake. To not use the power that is at your disposal is a unique kind of suffering in itself. When you suffer unjustly and you keep your mouth shut, even though you could open it and cut that person to shreds and you don't do it, that's a unique part of suffering that can be identified with what Jesus did for us. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I pray for us as believers that we would see the honor of being persecuted for you. Not that we would run out and look for it, but Lord, that we um, (laughs) would anticipate it. And when it comes, that we not go into shock and, and into pandemonium and need somebody to pray for us a thousand prayers, but that we would accept it and walk forward doing your will. Thank you, Lord, we're not doing this alone, but that we have brothers and sisters to help us. Lord, I pray for anyone who's suffering here today for their faith. I ask you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, to enable them to hold on to the cross, to identify with what you did. In Jesus' name. Amen. For to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake, having the same conflict which you saw in me and now here is in me. It's been granted. It's been given. Chapter 2 begins with a call to unity. Since since we were called to believe in Him and also called to suffer, thank God we're not called to suffer alone. But we have one another for support, one another to help. So I want to encourage you, if, if you're not relating to the body at, at a deeper level, as deep a level as you can, I want to encourage you to, to get plugged in, to start coming to more than Sunday morning. We're thankful that you're coming on Sunday. But I'm kind of throwing out the net today saying, come in. Come in, to, uh, come in the inner circle. Get involved in the life of the body of Christ. Amen? If you're a lady, this coming weekend is a fabulous conference here called Focus, where they're going to focus their eyes upon Jesus, where two very gifted speakers are coming to help participate in that. Two Sundays from today, we have a worship explosion where we're going to worship here with multiple congregations from around our region and city to glorify the name of the Lord. Amen. And starting September 1st, we're having the Truth Project. I want to encourage you to come to that. Be equipped to help engage the public in conversations or uh, lies that they believe that make them resistant to hearing the gospel. You and I can be equipped to more effectively share the love of God in ways that are truthful and yet address the things they believe that are not true. Amen. Praise the Lord. Can we stand?
in a moment I'm going to release you. And when I do, I would like to, in preparation for the women's conference, if you don't mind helping, let's stack all the chairs. Stack up all the chairs and uh, wait for further orders. But at least if you could do that, just ladies, pick up your personal thing because the chair that's behind you is about to be moved. And uh, don't stack them in stacks higher than five. And uh, if someone could get from the two closets, the roll around things, we're not scooting them around the carpet and wearing the feet out as well as the carpet out. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you His peace. That should you face opposition or should you be suffering for your faith, that you not shrink, but that you stand in the grace that He gives you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming to the house of the Lord. Child and